0: Hook'em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Indeed, hook'em up on a Thursday, and that means the weekend is here. Football is on the brain. we got games tonight. We'll begin to preview a couple of good ones, a couple that will be worth your time. Utah, Florida from Salt Lake. And this Utah campus, also Minnesota and Nebraska in the Big Ten, the best two games of the night. Also, uh, Rod, our friends over at the University of Texas Co-op are going to have a meet and greet tonight. We told you about this yesterday in our mm-hmm. setlist ATX, our live music segment, which we do every uh, Wednesday at 9.30. But uh, tonight, between 6 and 7, about 5.30, doors will open. You're going to have the football athletes meet and greet. And um, if you want to get on out there, you're going to meet some of the big names of the Texas football team. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's at UT Co-op tonight. Uh, so get on out there. and
1: so I say, what, 6 o'clock?
0: Six o'clock. Get you some of that uh, forty acres apparel that uh, you oh. and I both love. I'm I'm wearing that shirt tomorrow, Rod. Oh, that's
1: my game, for game, game day. Game day, yeah, man. No doubt.
0: Game Friday.
1: Yeah, because uh, yeah, we actually. I oh, mean, we're gonna be out and about actually. It's actually, t- today.
0: Yeah, you and I. Both. Tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow. Oh man. And Saturday. And Saturday. All right, we got to give people details on that. We'll we'll do that later on. We'll cool. give you some details about well, where gonna, we'll
0: be. Yeah, we're gonna be at Lavaca Street tonight. You and yeah. I in Rock Rose. Uh, with our friends from Bud Light, getting you ready for the football weekend, mm-hmm. get you more details. We yeah, had the co-op tonight features uh, Byron Murphy, Baron Sorrell, Jade Baron, Kelvin Banks, JT Sanders, Tavondre Sweat, Jordan Whittington, Jalen Ford, Burt Auburn, and Terrence Brooks.
1: A lot of star power. Oh, you can go there and just kind of see if they got their mind right. You, you can tell. You can tell if they're ready. Go up there and just see if they're ready. Just look them in their eyes, see if they're ready to go. Yeah. I think they are.
0: Yeah, and that'll be tonight at the University of Co-op down on Guadalupe. And you can check that out. So uh, uh, there we go. Uh, that's happening. Also, the the people on the Just the Facts segment are mad at me. Look, Ranger fans, Austin M L, Austin FC. We can't. They're just facts. I mean, Austin FC hadn't won a match in forty six days. We're not criticizing the team. We're just saying they're not very good. We
1: used to give great Ranger facts when they were winning, playing really well. Winning.
0: now it's like oh man.
1: Now, now, Guy now says, just...
0: please goes back to what you <laughs> used to not talk about the Rangers and stay with your usual Astros drivel. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't say a word about the Astros, Rod. Did we say anything about the Astros? Uh,
1: probably uh, my ghost rolls is probably well, the first New place. A- I know that. Rangers fan. There you go. Seattle, Astros.
0: Oh. Yeah, that was a tough loss for Texas last night. That was one of those that just. I want
1: to say the Mariners set a franchise record now for wins in a month.
0: Yeah, in August. As a... <laughs> they had a great <laughs> a month.
1: They had a franchise. They have uh, the best month in the you history bet, of the franchise. Of, <laughs>
0: best two Augusts were had by the uh, Seattle Mariners and the L.A. Dodgers. I oh, Dodgers, Dodgers are, are hot Dodgers, right now. Dodgers, August is, is their month. They okay. really crank it up, and mm-hmm. they're the, they, you know, it's between them and the Braves in the National League. I wouldn't forget I'm about. Sure, the, my man. Craigways
1: happy about that. Absolutely. Dodgers are playing well, but their pitching <laughs>
0: staff is so banged up. I, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't forget about the Brewers either in the National League. But uh, yeah, it really looks like Braves, Dodgers, oh, and then in the Braves. American just League, Just forget how
1: good the Braves are. I know. They just, they just take it for granted because <laughs> you know they just been so good. They've been good like that all year. They have just been that good all year. They actually have. Dropped off a little bit in their home run pace. They actually were on pace to threaten the single-season home run record uh, for a team. They're, they're not on that pace anymore. That's not going to happen. But they're still lighting it up, though. And they're still lighting it up in the first inning, which I love that little stat, too.
0: Yeah. they're, they're that To me, they're still the team to beat. And uh, American League is completely wide open because, you know, is Baltimore or Tampa, are they ready for, you know— the Astros and you know in the playoffs, who knows? I mean the Rangers, Rangers, Seattle, I, was, yeah. I mean it's all there. The it's Rangers, all there. Ain't
1: gonna, this 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 funk is not going to continue for the rest of the month. I mean well, they're going to break th- out of it at one point, and when they
0: do, uh, not to be negative, textures, but their bullpen's been rough all year, and that's the problem. You have got to be able to finish games. In the Araldis Chapman, you know, acquisition was supposed to help with that. Uh, they still struggle to finish. That's why I gave those numbers that. You know, seventh inning or beyond, they're fifteen and twenty-seven. Clutch time, clutch time. That's what they're struggling, and they give up a lot of leads. And then, you know, that that's that's not a recipe to be a, a good team in October if you mm-hmm. can't close games out. Because they have, I mean, Corey Seager's having one of the best offensive seasons the Rangers ever had. Um, you know, he has been phenomenal. The lineup has just been rock solid. Uh, Bruce Bochy's the right guy. You just got to be able to close games. Got to be able to finish close and you know, tough and tight games. As we talk about Texas football, you know, critical execution and. Pressure moments.
1: Sarks, uh, last year, 2-5 and five in one-score games. Go. That number needs to be flipped. Yep, 5-2. and two. <laughs> And uh, they actually outscored their opponents by 179 points, I believe, in the first three quarters. But in fourth quarter and overtime last season, Texas actually was outscored by their opponents. So, yeah, Texas, I'm glad you said that. Texas football dealing with the same issue. Yeah, talking about how to win in clutch time.
0: No doubt. So let's go to the other <laughs> headlines, though, to start your 7 o'clock hour. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Two two days to the opener for the Longhorns. They welcome the Rice Owls to DKR to open the year. Features an interesting matchup of quarterbacks, as we mentioned. Texas QB Quinn, yours, will get the start for the Horns, making his sixth career start at the at DKR. His counterpart, JT Daniels, for Rice, his third. A third different school, too. He got here in 2018 as a freshman with USC. Uh, then in West Virginia, where he started uh, last October. Of course, he is the poster boy for the transfer portal. He's now landed at Rice. And what we think is his final collegiate season with the Owls. Earlier this week, head coach Steve Sarkeesian previewed a, what he expects to see from this Rice offense. They got great schemes. You know, Coach Bloomgrim, his staff do a tremendous job in all three phases. You know, they, they're going to tax you. They're going to try to exploit your weaknesses like any good coaching staff would. So we we need to prepare for for what they're going to provide and and get ourselves ready to play. Texas and Rice kick at two thirty Saturday. Pre-game coverage live at uh, noon. From the Mockingbird Saloon on West Campus, right on Guadalupe with Rod and myself. Come out and join us and uh, get ready for the ball game In soccer, another tough night on the pitch for the tumbling Austin FC. They fell to the Seattle Sounders last night 2-1 to one, in front of a disappointing crowd at, two, two, at Q2 Stadium. Seattle's Albert Rusnak scored the uh, go-ahead goal in the 90th minute late in that match. Sebastian Jerisi did have a goal in the 72nd minute to tie it, but not enough. They're going to play at New England on Saturday. As we said, Major League Baseball yesterday and last night, Houston and Seattle posted victories, and then a gut-punch loss for the Rangers. Houston finished off the club's first-ever sweep at Fenway Park, 7-4 over the Bo Sox. Seattle rallied to beat Oakland 5-4, and the Rangers had a 5-3 lead in the ninth inning, but Mets right fielder DJ Stewart smacked a two-run game-tying Homer in that frame off of Jose LeClerc to send it to extras. In the 10th, Texas reliever Roldis Chapman with the bases loaded, hit the uh, the same guy, DJ Stewart, with a pitch that ended the ball game on a walk-off hit by pitch. Texas falls a game back of Houston and Seattle in the West. All three teams off today. Uh, NFL football dust is settled on the league's cutdown day. Still 31 former Texas Longhorn players in the NFL and headed into week one. That number does not include undrafted free agent Deshaun Jamison, who was claimed off of waivers yesterday by the Carolina Panthers, which is great. He made one of the final cuts by the Niners. Had a great uh, preseason. Three teams have three Longhorns on their roster into the season, Arizona, Miami, and New England. Five others have two, including the Texans. They have Andrew Beck at H-back and Hassan Ridg- Ridgway on the defensive line. Chicago has two ba- two former Longhorn running backs, the double-barrel backfield of Roshan Johnson and Deontay Foreman. And an Atlanta, Falcons will have Taquan Graham and, of course, Bijan Robinson, who remains the betting favorite to win the Rookie of the Year award in the NFL. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Runners and Lawn Equipment. Top Guns join forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net we will shoot you straight.
1: Yeah, congratulations, like you said, to the 31 Longhorns who end up making uh, 53-man rosters. And, uh, and um, the article at Inside Texas, really good job. I believe Justin Wells wrote it. Um, he didn't include the practice squad guys on there, did he? He just, this is all just uh, 53. Was Joe Three. Cook.
0: It was Joe Cook. It I was Joe Cook. Sorry, sorry,
1: Joe Cook. It was 53-man roster guys. So they didn't get into the practice squad players. So hopefully some guys to the practice squad are still being sorted out.
0: Well, and DeMarvion Overshown will be on that list, but he's hurt for the Cowboys. Yeah, he's going to be on there either
1: PUP or IR. I don't know how they want to designate. Right. It yeah. depends on how they.
0: Probably season-ending IR yeah. would, be the, would the, could be the call for Demo. And then uh, Colt McCoy is likely to get picked up. Right, he's right now yes. still a free agent, yep. but uh... teams
1: are probably clearing their like making some room for him right now because he'd be a backup. So they probably are making some. And remember, they changed the practice squad rules now where you can have three designations, means you can call up a player from the practice squad, you know, three times before you have to make them a part of your 53 man roster. So if you do it a fourth time, you'd have to make them a part of your 53 man roster if you did that. But that's still big time. You can basically hide a player now on the practice squad, and they allow you. I want to say they allow you to, to do it basically the day of the game now too. Like you can actually do it last minute the day of the game, but a certain amount of hours before. But you can actually make that designation on the day of the game when you couldn't before, right? Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah,
0: the way can. the rules yeah. were. Yeah. So it's
1: yeah, they changed, They basically changed the where practice squad man, you you put players on a practice squad now.
0: Well, you can hide well, guys. I remember them. there was talk yesterday of Colt to New England because New England only had one quarterback on the roster, but both of their backups that they waived cleared waivers, and they brought them back. So Bailey Zappi is back. The Pride of Victoria, Texas, and their third-string guy both cleared waivers. So both are back with New England. We'll keep an eye on the Colt McCoy watch where he's going to land. But the NFL season starts one week from tonight with Detroit and Kansas City uh, where, where uh, Keiondre Coburn made that Chiefs team as a late-round draft pick. Good for him. Oh,
1: yeah, man. Hard uh, And let me know that Malik, Malik Jefferson.
0: Is on you know, the, Cowboys the Cowboys practice The Cowboys, one. yeah. Good, good yeah. for uh, Malik.
1: Man, Malik, i, I got to tell you, that's prop he's – He's been bouncy, he bounced around. I forgot how many teams, probably four teams now. And the Cowboys like him because Dan Quinn likes hybrid linebackers that can run. He likes speed. And Malik's got speed. And Malik's a, a linebacker that you can, can kind of move around a little bit too. So I think Dan Quinn likes Malik and his skill set. That's why he's been he's been able to stick with the Cowboys for a little while. And they need linebackers. They only kept three. Uh, they kept four, but Marquise Bell, I believe, is also one of the guys they kept as a linebacker. But he's more of a project, um, tr- right? He's a safety slash hybrid.
0: Guy. Yeah, he's, a, he's he's they they're keeping a lot of like J. Ron Curse. Type yeah, they want,
1: exactly what the hybrids. You know. So to me, they only got three real linebackers they kept on the roster. That's probably why they want to put Malik. They can hide him on the practice squad.
0: Layton, Damone Clark, and. Um...
1: Uh, LV uh, Demond twice, one more too. And then uh, that's one I forget more. Forget his
0: name. He was he was a rookie last year. Uh, Harper.
1: Yeah. Oh yes, the the kid from uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yes. Uh. Yep. Yeah. You're right. That's those are the three. Say, and then there's Marquise Bell, the project. So I think that's why Malik also he may you know, depending on what happens, he may end up getting some playing time. Hopefully, there's no injuries, but it might be. Well, he's got to play on
0: special teams, too. You know that.
1: Oh, no question. Okay, so
0: that's some NFL. We'll get into coming up. I've been compiling the list of the – because Matt Miller of the NFL Draft Scout says there's 10 – up to 9 to 10 players that could be drafted off this current Longhorn roster for next year, right? It's a good conversation. Uh, Which is is interesting. It's a
1: good thought experiment.
0: It is. And we'll do that coming up bottom of the hour. Uh, But right now, it's time for Rod's Rant on this Thursday morning. It's it's game Thursday. Game week Thursday. Thursday. Let's do it. We've got games tonight.
1: I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore.
0: Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it out. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's oh, what's you've done like, it now. It's time for Rod's oh. rant of the day. Hold on to your butt.
1: Uh, all right. Uh, and yes, texter. I think they they cut Jabril Cox. I don't, and I, I thought they loved Jabril Cox, but they the Cowboys did not keep him. Maybe they'll bring him back on the practice squad. So, because I was a Jabril Cox, can, Jabril Cox fan uh, coming out of LSU, um, and he dealt with some injuries early on too. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's that's something that we'll get back to, of course, as the teams start to really you know reconfigure their practice squads and settle on their practice squads. All right, so let's get to uh, Rod Round today. I saw this article from Two Four Seven Sports, so I'll give them credit. And they did a survey, all right? They did a survey of recruits. So they want to get the opinion of the recruits. And I'm not sure exactly um, how the question was phrased, but th- basically the article, the premise of the article is the 25 biggest brands ranked according to recruits.
0: Ooh, that's important.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it is. That's, uh, I'm with you. Um, it said, "Here are the top 25 college football programs in terms of brand recognition, according to high school athletes." So I did, they did a survey. I can kind of try to read through it. They they don't. Yeah, they said they. The brand recognition is essential in college football from a recruiting standpoint. Being recognizable and uh, having a recognizable name is paramount to talent acquisition. Official visit surveyed a thousand high school football players last year on brand strength. And asked athletes to rank college football programs according to brand recognition. All right, you want to? You guys want to try to guess who who's on this list? Now they got they got twenty five programs on the list. They're twenty five. Now remember, this is this was last year. High school prospects coming out.
0: You want to start at number one? You can you, you, just throw, you can throw
1: them out to me, and I Alabama. I'll get, I'll, yeah, I'm
0: gonna go Alabama's Alabama. number one. That would be a gap. Ohio just, State. We're just trying
1: to get in the top ten here. Yes, Ohio State's number two. He's, he's out. He's doing a good job. Georgia. Georgia's number three. Uh, um, well, that's, yeah, you guys are doing Clemson. a good job. Clemson's number five. Oh. Ooh, so who is
0: it? Is Michigan, Michigan four?
1: Michigan did not make the top ten. Ooh, USC. surprised me. Uh, USC did not make the top ten. I'll give you that in a second. They did not make the top ten. Though. Well, that
0: would make sense because they haven't been on the, the national radar, really. Yeah. Uh, here in a little while. The Lincoln Riley's put them back there, and then, Caleb, mm. but you said this was last year.
1: This was, yes.
0: Uh, brand recognition, LSU. LSU is
1: number six. Number six.
0: Uh, okay. What about, mm, i trying to think who's been, uh, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma.
1: Oklahoma is number four.
0: There you go. Because okay. <laughs> Lincoln
1: Riley's had him on the map. Yeah, yeah before he left. That's okay. a great.
0: So that's basically
1: Lincoln Riley. You were thinking Lincoln Riley tied by USC, but he ain't put them on the map yet.
0: They'll be there. They'll
1: be there. Yes, great point. What so about there Oregon. Go. Uh, Oregon is number nine. Okay, there you go. So we're getting our top ten
0: knocked out yeah. here. You got
1: three more you haven't named in the top ten here. In Texas. Texas
0: number eight. Okay, so then we now we've got uh, most of the top yeah. ten. I need what seven and eight, seven and nine. You need seven and ten. Seven and ten. Uh, okay, so uh, SEC. Give, give me the conference.
1: One SEC, one
0: ACC. Okay, oh ACC, uh, Florida State.
1: No, not in the top ten. I'll give you those. Miami, you, the U. Miami, the U. They're ten.
0: Okay, and, and then, now you uh, just
1: missing number seven. Remember, oh, this gosh. is ahead of the Longhorns too.
0: Is it uh, Florida? Nope. SEC SEC I got Alabama we got Georgia have already been Ted LSU's already been you, taken um, who you got there Ty and uh, who am I not yeah I don't
1: want it you don't want to say it huh Aggies yes they are
0: Aggies. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot there it the is. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it.
1: I was like, y'all don't want to do it. Y'all don't want to do it. Yeah, they have. According to this list, they have the Aggies. Uh, this is remember. This is a thousand high school football players last year. They were uh, surveyed on brand recognition and brand strength.
0: That's the Aggies were up there. Yeah, because they beat Alabama the one year and yeah. the big recruiting class and the Jimbo and Nick Saban spat and all that.
1: Yeah. So here's the top twenty-five for you. South Carolina at twenty-five. Maryland at Terrapins at twenty-four. Mississippi State Bulldog, at 23. 22, Michigan State. 21, Auburn. Uh, 20, UCLA. USC at 19. Tennessee at 18. Florida State at 17. 16, Michigan. I'm surprised. They're a little low I think, but maybe Harbaugh is kind of just bringing that thing back. Ole Miss at 15. North Carolina at 14. Mac Brown doing Goyle there. Penn State at 13. Notre Dame Fighting Irish at 12. And then Florida Gators at 11. And then 10, top 10. Miami. uh, Oregon at 9. Uh, Texas at eight, and yes, the Aggies at seven. According to this survey, LSU at uh, six, Clemson at five, uh, at four. You have Oklahoma at three. There's Georgia two, Ohio State and your yeah, number one Alabama. Well, roll. What do we they, say? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Duh. Roll tie, duh.
0: <laughs> yeah, they. Um,
1: so that's interesting. I thought they got the Aggies. They had the Longhorns. Well, How you which, feel about that?
0: Well, that that's that's a poll, right? Of of, of yeah. recruiting age kids, mm-hmm. high school and, kids, and and you know, I I would just I think that doesn't surprise me to be quite honest with you. And I would also say it's why we've talked about you know the, there are those within the recruiting landscape who cover that for a living that will tell you that a, a Longhorn win over Alabama would mean significantly more on the recruiting trail than it would even winning the Big 12 championship.
1: Jerry Hamilton said that. I mean, Jer- Jerry is as plugged into recruiting as anybody. He it said it'd would, be bigger than winning the Big 12. When it
0: comes down to some of these swing guys mm-hmm. that are four- and five-star players, a win over Alabama I mean, that'd would be, the, be bigger than even winning the whole Big 12. That'd
1: be the biggest Texas win since when?
0: Oh, <laughs> Man. Georgia, uh, you got to go back to the Sugar Bowl. Texas beating Georgia? I would think it would be Ohio State and Columbus. Exactly. So you,
1: it, exactly, it'd be, big. it, be, it'd be bigger. it bigger.
0: might be 05 Columbus. I'm with you. I think it would be bigger than Texas beating Georgia. Well, because remember that year, Texas had won the Rose Bowl the previous year, and they were one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was. This would be. I mean, Texas is eleven, and Alabama's two, three, or four, depending on what poll you're looking at. Uh, so that would be, it would be a huge win. That uh, would be a signature victory. Uh, you know T- Charlie Strong's biggest win ever was against uh, Notre Dame, right? Um, is that right? That's that's his biggest win. Had an Oklahoma Big victory, Oklahoma in there. victory, yeah. Uh, but on the national stage, the win over Notre Dame uh, for Tom Herman, that Georgia win was was probably his biggest. Uh, but yeah, this would surpass all of those. And um, and yeah, that's how long it's been since the Longhorns have had a you know signature. Well, I mean, look, you go back to two thousand and eight. When Texas was playing all those ranked teams through October, oh, that was yeah. there, there were some huge wins there. But it's again, the greatest year in history you, of the Big Twelve. though. But you just said it. I mean, you know, 17-, 18 year old kids would tell you the most brand aware program is Alabama. So if you beat Alabama in their place,
1: ding ding ding,
0: that's gonna resonate. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, one thing I was because uh, who knows
0: what it means beyond that? Because it wouldn't be unlike Texas to win that game and then not win the Big Twelve. Oh, well,
1: TCU didn't <laughs> win in Big 12.
0: Right. and They had the greatest
1: exactly. uh, recruiting year in the history of their program because their brand is at an all-time high. I didn't even see TCU on there because it was just last year. They just made their run. Well, hopefully they do this every year, and then we get to kind of see uh, how things change and fluctuate. But I'll say this for Longhorn fans who who, like, who may be freaked out about, oh, man, how the heck he's in, ahead, of, ahead of Texas. That may be the case with the survey, of course, because I'm all about the data and numbers. But for Texas, the here's your trump card. Is that, you know, you got potentially the greatest celebrity endorsement in the history of college football when Arch Manning and the Manning family decided, yeah. you know what, the future, the future of the Manning brand, we trust it to the University of Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. That To me, there's never been a better celebrity endorsement in the history of college football because a lot of people believe, and that's probably not true, that it was a family decision rather than just Arch's decision. It's been said that it was Arch's decision, mostly not a family decision, but most people still believe the perception is reality that, oh, man, it was a family. The family decided, all right, you know what's best for the Manning family and the brand? That Arch go to the University of Texas. So, yeah, in terms of brand recognition, you may have some youngsters who see the Aggies as a better brand and the Texas uh, brand being lower down on the totem pole. But in terms of um, celebrity endorsements from the folks in the know, the first family of football, they trusted that brand and they put Texas brand um, higher on their evaluation um, than any other brand in college football. So that's what I'll throw out there. Well, and that's
0: why I would say that that <laughs> endorsement on top of a win at Alabama would be oh my gosh! I mean, every kid and would be like oh, Arch wanted to go there, and now they can beat Alabama, mm-hmm. And now they're in the SEC. Okay, that that, and that together. That's the significant, because, yep. you know, the lifeblood of your program is going to be high school players uh, and bringing in talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, great stuff from Rod and Rod's rant of the day. Good stuff right there. We'll dive into the uh, draftable Longhorns and on this year's roster, according to Matt Miller, the NFL Draft Scout, and then our opinion of that or who who they could be. Uh, we've got a lot to do before the end of the hour. Bullish or BS as we roll through a Thursday. Football is back. We are almost done with the Talking About Football season we're going to be talking about game season beginning uh, tonight, so we're looking forward to that. We'll be back with you here on The Horn. Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers, Austin, Texas, sports, The Horn. A little bullish and BS before the top of the hour. Also, Rod, after the top of the hour, we're going to talk to a former Rice football player. Local player from right here in Central Texas, played his college ball at Rice. Nice. He's now a college football analyst okay. for ESPN and CBS there Sports. There we go. Tyler McCarg will be with us. Or Taylor uh, McCarg, I should oh, say. Oh, I
1: remember him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Taylor's a good dude. And um, Did when, he
1: play uh, football, high school football around here?
0: Did I think Cedar Park? Yeah. I think, I, think I remember
1: more. him, actually. He's a quarterback. I think I remember watching him in high school. Actually, I'm not mistaken. That's why I want. I think he might have played high school football around here. I did, Somebody I think I did. I'm get Texas it wrong, to but us. I
0: think it was uh, at uh, Cedar Park. Or I one think of the you're, you're right schools.
1: about. It. I think yeah, because I, I this why else would I know that name? Yeah, <laughs> well, because he also yeah.
0: was a former play. He played quarterback at Rice. He did
1: play quarterback at Rice, but I want to say and I remember him from high school. for mm-hmm. Some reason I do too. He did okay. play high school ball. Tyler yeah. McCarg, Taylor
0: McCarg Taylor McCar will be with us. Nice, and uh, we'll talk some football. He's got games tonight. He's doing uh, he's doing UAB. Tonight, uh, also he's got a game on CBS on Saturday with uh, Bowling Green and Liberty. Now he's doing ESPN and college games, or college games, ESPN and CBS for college football as a, as a rising a hard,
1: analyst. He's a hard worker. He's rising, grinding.
0: yeah, rising, an, a rising analyst in college football. His thoughts on Texas. Yeah, he was born Rice... in
1: Austin, so yeah, he definitely played high school football around. Here. He did. Yeah. I remember okay.
0: him. There you go. I remember him. Tyler, Taylor Taylor McCarr will be with us uh, previewing the games of the weekend, including the Rice. Texas matchup where he played, so he's still tied to that program. Knows, what, uh I got some
1: questions for. I'm
0: excited about. Yeah. I'm excited about Taylor coming on. Actually, yeah, we're looking there forward to that sharp I've guy. Been watching,
1: I've been watching Rice film, so I got some. I got some questions.
0: There you go, <laughs> deep dive.
1: <gonna> <laughs> he's gonna be like, who? Wh- what the hell? Who watching? Who's paying this much attention to Rice? I'm like, I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah, there you go. I'm representing Texas, baby.
0: Taylor McCaugh will be with us. We'll also hit the Bullisher BS. And tonight, remember you said, Rod, we've got we're busy. You and I. We're going to be out and about. Do the morning show, but then uh, with our friends at Bud Light, we're going to be out and about in the afternoon joining Patrick Davis on the sports complex. Yeah. You and I will be at the uh, Lavaca Street Bar. but in that lucky spot there. This will be the domain location in Rock Rose or on Rock Rose, that little cool area of the domain. We'll be there from five to seven. Love that spot. Uh getting you ready. Talking football, talking ball with Patrick. And so come on out. If you live in, in and around or near the domain, come on and get it. Uh, and we'll have a good time there. Uh, so, yeah. And then. That's sure. tonight.
1: And then tomorrow, um, actually, we'll we, you guys are representing out as well,
0: right? Yeah, I'll be out Ty's? with Patrick at yeah, uh, Round Rock Hyundai. Okay. Uh, which is cool. And then on Saturday, come see us for our game, our pregame out at uh, Mockingbird, Mockingbird Saloon oh, gonna in Guadalupe. Great. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be good I'm, I'm going
1: to come early. out a little bit early. What time is that uh, TCU game start? 11 a.m. I'll oh, say, so, you know what? Man, maybe I'll try to get out there a little bit early so I can watch that game. I'll be
0: there. Yeah, yeah, Ty's going to be there. Ty might be there 11 to 11. Why <laughs> that's, a, that's a real possibility. Oh, well, that would be fantastic. Call an Uber. Uh, but, yes, and I'll be there. Uh, we'll be there till about 2, two a little bit after doing a pregame show here on the Horn, getting you ready for kickoff at 2.30. And, uh, yeah, as we told you yesterday, looking forward to it. I did my debut with Inside Texas last night, Rod, on the uh, Longhorn uh, on, on Texas on football, Texas football stream job. with you and yep. uh, Justin Wells. And on Saturday, I'm going to be debuting the new Watch With Us through Inside Texas and uh, we'll watch the game. Kind of a Manning cast. Speaking of the Manning family, um, you know they, they've taken it to new levels. We're mm-hmm. going to do that with Inside Texas and in the YouTube stream and uh, watch the game with us. So fire it up on your laptop and your computer or even on YouTube. And you're watching along with us with uh, qu- comments and questions and the analysts and the experts and the guests. It's a cool way to watch a football game. Uh, learn learn about the game. Complain oh, yeah. about the game. Talk about the game <laughs> as it's happening. Whatever
1: you decide to do. It's a community, so go ahead.
0: Yeah, we, we so wel- they, we're going to welcome all, all comers, <laughs> all opinions and so, comments. <laughs> so that is uh, how we will roll. So today, Rock Rose in the domain will be at Lavaca Street Bar, so just come see us. Let's start with that. Come on out. Is Rock Rose this. a bar or a restaurant? It's a it's block like street. Yeah, or Rock Rose is the Rock name Rose of the area. Oh, okay. yeah, it's like that street. It's, it's, like, yeah. the, it's like the area of, yeah. of the domain. that's yeah. Rock Rose. I might, yeah. I might come up there tonight too. Come
1: on, man. It's a nice. I, actually, we've oh, yeah, we've had several broadcasts up there. It's really nice. To it's it's a good spot. Place. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. and I don't know. I I don't know. Well, we may have some tickets to give away to something. I don't know what that might be, but we may. We may have been. You know. Who knows? Hey, Mister um, uh, Ridge, Vista Ridge, the the High School of Taylor, Taylor McHard. Okay. Okay.
1: I figured. I was like, yeah, I know. What I've seen this kid play uh, high school football. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you, Texas. Appreciate you guys. All
0: right, Rod. Um, before we get to the uh, to the deep dive conversation with Taylor and their bullish or BS. So again, we we you and I were doing the live stream last night, and and someone on asked a question. One of the inside Texas, uh, you know, fans, mm-hmm. and asked, you know. More or less than ten players on this uh, of this team drafted next April, and we all kind of rolled our eyes like, oh, that's a big number." But then, as you pointed out last hour, that uh, Matt Miller, the NFL draft scout now working for ESPN, who made the claim to Bobby Burton. Yeah, he's the one that threw that it he out thinks there. there's nine or ten. And I don't know if it was it draftable players, big picture. or Was it draftable? I off think of this? next year's year. Team? I okay. think he
1: was talking about players being drafted in next year's draft.
0: So as you said, it's a it's <laughs> a fundamental exercise. But you start at the top, Quinn. Yours. If he has a good year, he's a draftable player mm-hmm. at quarterback, right? Yeah. We have to see it, but the arm talent, number one recruit, I mean, he makes throws that, that not many people in the world can. Uh, if he has a strong year in this offense, he's a draftable player without a doubt. How How high? Because this isn't about what round. This is about draftable in the seven-round draft. Yes.
1: Oh, no, there's no doubt, Quinn. Even if he has a an ordinary you know, season, average, above-average season, if he makes spectacular throws that they see enough of that potential and upside, they'll give him a second-round grade or a late first-round grade. It depends on how deep the quarterback uh, draft is, too. Well, a lot of those Pac-12 know... guys might be coming out. That'll – Push that'll, him down t- that'll push
0: him down too yeah. or might push him back into college uh, but uh, but, when, but we'll see but he is draftable yes. and we know again I say this about Quinn he wants to be drafted, right? He There's a reason he gave up his high school football season. It wasn't just for NIL money at Ohio State. It was to start the clock.
1: He's fast-tracked this thing. To
0: be in, this yeah. is a family decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he reclassified his senior grade, this puts him on the ability to be in this draft in April. Agreed. Uh, he's got to have a good year. His top three targets are Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, and J.T. Sanders. I think all three of those players would be draftable if they have good years.
1: Um, well, even if they don't have good X Man doesn't have a good year, he'll still end up being drafted. Hopefully, first round is what the hope is for Xavier. Roy, does he have that type of upside? He's got to have a great year, bouncing back off a of regression last year to do that. Ad Mitchell is the interesting one. All the reports and you've heard them all too. E is that he has been the breakout player, the most consistent breakout player of the offseason in and all the practices. So the report is that he, that guy is probably going to end up having a breakout year, and if he does, yeah, he can end up getting drafted too. And then JT Sanders is going to be the second, I think the second highest-rated tight end coming out behind Brock, Brock Bowers.
0: Bowers. Brock Bowers, so yeah. So
1: he's going to be drafted in the second round somewhere around there, wherever the second tight end goes. So, Two yeah. Freakish doubt.
0: athlete. Uh, uh, Five-star, Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, and the fact that he took to uh, you know took to the tight end role, he's willing to be physical, willing to be an in blind and, and his leadership. Rod, I mean, he's, a, he's an alpha, uh, J.T. Sanders, he is. Uh, which we like. Uh, now, there's two names that maybe you don't think about, but Christian Jones is the right tackle, who, as you talked about, mm-hmm. came in as a project because he was a soccer player until he got to high school and then picked up football late, but he's played now. This will be his sixth year at Texas, and I think he put his name, he put his feelers out last year. They told him to go back one year, and Christian Jones, at right tackle at 6'6 and 320, mm-hmm. becomes a draftable player.
1: I'm with you because the size, you I mean, you really can't ignore it. And I, what they love about, and the Cowboys are famous for this too. They look at his upside, a tremendous upside, because he's only been playing football, organized football. I believe this is like his. Eighth year total, like yeah, two in high th-
0: school, and now this will be a sixth in college. Yeah, so I make his eighth year
1: playing organized football, and
0: one of those is a redshirt year where he yes. didn't play. Yes,
1: and then even going back to high school, he had a, he was playing like D line. They were moving around because he was small. He was 6'3", 215 as a freshman in high school.
0: And now he's
1: 6'6", uh, right about three twenty. Yeah, so like that. So he, he, so his body has changed so drastically in such a short time span. You can see NFL scouts just salivating at the thought. Man, this guy maybe just you
0: know at the tip of the iceberg with his potential. And one other name I'd mention on offense and get your thoughts is Isaiah Nayer because we haven't seen him play. No, no, he's the Wyoming transfer, and this one might be a little bit over the skis. But he, by all accounts, it, it has the body at six three. He's the deep threat. Uh, I don't know if all four of those targets, Worthy, Mitchell, Sanders, and Nayor, would all be in the draft, but they, I think when you hear Matt Mitchell say there are that many draftable players – I think you would put AD, uh, Isaiah Nayer in that conversation just from the NFL perspective. When they see him on the practice field, see his size. We haven't seen him play yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the practice field has seen and, and had rave reviews about what, what Isaiah Nayer is. Um, the kid out of the Metroplex who went to Wyoming because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And remember, he's a, out of Wyoming. Yeah, I remember he transferred. Was, well, and he, well, had
1: double-digit touchdowns there, too. Like, he was really productive. at Wyoming.
0: Well, you remember he had, like, 12 <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, high point. I mean, he was there. And so that's why he wanted to play at a higher level, which is why he transferred back to Texas and then got hurt last year, unfortunately. But he's draftable. Those would be your six on offense. Give me the guys on defense you would look at, Rod. Um,
1: I would say, I New York, it might be a little tougher just because I think wide receiver is such a deep position. Man. You're right it's, about it's that. It's just loaded. So, And I wonder about him being – that. will he get enough targets? Because – yeah. Jay, Jay Witt, you're going to throw in there, too. Jay Witt's going to take some of them targets. Yeah. And you know X-Men. So I, my only question with him would be the, the depth of the position and then will he get enough productivity to showcase uh, his skills. On defense, Yeah, Jalen Ford's top of the list. Um, he's definitely a guy that's going to end up being drafted. He's, it's not a premium position, the linebacker position that he plays, off-ball linebacker, but he's such a great player that I think he will get drafted you know, relatively high, and that's like second round, something like that. Uh, to Vandre Sweat, yeah, him and Byron Murphy. I think both, Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, just like Ojimo and uh, Kendrick Colburn last season. I think they, honestly, Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat have the, they will probably get drafted higher than Ojemo, where Ojimo went and where Kendrick Colburn went. Yeah. And for the back-to-back years, you could have Tavondre Sweat, and, I mean, sorry, you could have two defensive linemen drafted with Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. That was the last time Texas had that? Back-to-back years with multiple defensive linemen drafted in the same draft. Yeah. It had to have been a while. been a bit. Um, And then, who knows, Alfred Collins' breakout campaign, man. If he has a breakout campaign this year, his body alone, just the measurables, somebody's going to think about drafting that dude it, just taking a flyer on him because yeah, he's got that kind of body. And then there's, you know um, – I like Jaron Thompson, but the safety position is not a premium position. And I wonder if he'll end up making enough plays to get drafted. I think he's a guy that can end up making a roster. And Jalen Catalan is going to make a lot of plays. Remember, he's small, guys. He's like smallish. He's like a 5'9 safety.
0: Yes. Is he? I thought he was like six foot. Is he not small? He,
1: I think he's like 5'10", 5'9". He's smaller.
0: Packs a punch for being that small. Yeah, well, remember, he's, a, he's a
1: smaller safety. Well, he's yeah, been I'm compared
0: to, to Bob Sanders. Yeah, right? he's a smaller safety. Remember Bob Sanders with yeah. the Colts. Yeah. Oh, he was a fin- defensive player of the year. Yeah, great player. Yeah. Now it, it, that he's got to play to that level, but if you saw him at Arkansas early in his career before the shoulder injuries, he played that way.
1: They got him at five ten, but I I bet that's being a little generous. A
0: little generous. <laughs> a little generous. All right. So, so almost, is he kind of like a Quandre Diggs kind of safety? Yes.
1: Yeah. He's a little bigger than Quandre, but yes, Quandre a the giant. Yeah, thank you. Look at Quandre. Quandre, come on, he's one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, and, and remember, he came into the league as a as a corner, and a slot corner, but he has the mentality and the skill set of a safety. So finally they decided, man, let him play safety. Even though his stature doesn't really fit safety, he can play it because of the style of playing his skill set. That's Jalen Catalan.
0: Uh, our no our uh, show historian CB, Chris Bennett, reminds me, Texas hasn't had three first-round draft picks in the same draft since 1980. Now, I don't know if we'd have, you'd have three in the first round. Quinn Ewers, X-Man, and A.D. Uh, wow. Mitchell would probably be the most likely. I think Jatavion Sanders could push him, push for that with a he great season. It.
1: Yeah, depending on how high Brock Bowers goes in the draft, which he might go pretty uh, high. If Jalen Brock could, Bowers can go
0: top five.
1: Yeah, he could. If he Jalen could, Carter,
0: yeah. you know, comes back and has a year similar, wreaks as much havoc as he did last year, but they don't take linebackers typically in the yeah, first round of four, draft. Yeah,
1: they don't. Not like that.
0: And he doesn't have just the raw – physical traits right he's just a super smart player hell of a hell of a ball player, hell of a ball player. Yeah. so and uh, you know the NFL knocks you for that they're looking for elite athleticism elite yeah. traits mm-hmm. and production if they're going to draft you in the top of the draft and uh, that's where you look at Quinn Ewers cuz he has an elite trait right he's got an arm he's got you know the ability to zing the football arm. and spin it like um, very few x mans got that elite quickness speed and speed um, you know, AD Mitchell, elite, you know. Oh, no. He's got two He's twitchy, man. Twitchy. Is, yeah. And JT Sanders, for his size and, and what he is at tight end. Five star Five star freak. Yeah. And
1: he's man. only been playing tight end guys for what, two years now? Two years, yeah. Well, because
0: they didn't have a position for him in high school. They just said, go, go out for passes. And I would too. <laughs> <laughs> wherever we need you, wherever you need him, quarterback,
1: go play quarterback. What do you mean, linebacker, go play linebacker? Yeah. Yeah, right. he's just that damn. Well, and
0: you mentioned the other, and Alfred Collins has those elite tr- elite traits, but he hasn't played to it, right? So he's a weird one <laughs> he because does. he has the size, the long arms, the, the twitchiness to his game. But, Man. you know, again, he's another kind of like Christian Jones who grew up playing soccer. Alfred Collins grew up playing basketball and took to football but late and uh, still trying to figure out how to find that every-down motor.
1: Someone, uh, someone says, what about Watts? I wonder what Ryan Watts wants in the 40. That's one of my concerns, and he's so specialized. Maybe Even Steve Sarkisian has remarked, that he likes these young corners, Malik Muhammad and Terrence Brooks, because they can play both boundary and field. And I think the, the, the coaches should do Ron Watts a favor and let him play both. Now, maybe they just think he can't play both. He's gonna get exposed if we try to put him in that on that field side, or maybe it's just best for us that he just worked the technique of being the boundary corner, using the sideline and repping the perfect, you know, bump and run technique over and over again. But that's very specialized in the NFL. You're just a boundary bump and run corner. You're good at it, but man, how much of that if that's gonna be your game in the NFL? Yeah. You got to showcase more. So I think the coaches should do and him as a you favor. Said, he's and big. showcase he's a bigger he's big. guy. And he's big. Maybe
0: he projects as a safety the next that, level. That's what
1: Michael Griffin believes. And I'm, I'm with Griff on that. I think Griff might be on the He song could now. be a
0: Dan Quinn kind of guy. Big safety, Ooh. big corner. Ooh. Ding, 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 now he's gotta, ding. He's got to run, right? He's got to put up numbers on the, on the combine that show speed. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't run fast, Ty's point is, I think, a
1: good one. Just move him to safety. Because a, a four or five at corner, that's not great. Four or five at safety, blazing.
0: This says, uh, you think Christian Jones would be better at guard in the NFL? Possibly, but they're going to draft the traits, right? They're drafting the size, the arms. Yes. And if, if guard becomes his projectable position, that's fine, too. Uh, but, you know, can, Christian Jones, no matter what he does this year, will not be a super high draft pick. But, again, you know, day two, day three, potentially, if he has a great year. All right, we'll be back when we do with some Bullish or BS. And as we said, Taylor McCarg, former Vista Ridge Ranger. Will be with us. Now, doing great work. Played quarterback at Rice. We'll do a deep dive on the Rice Owls coming up uh, uh, just after the top of the hour. It's Ian Rodby. Hook him up. Bullish or BS? Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Appreciate the Austin Gamblers as we wrap up uh, the month. What a month they had. They're 12 and 1 in the PBR Team Series Professional Bull Riding. And uh, what a weekend they had! Mm-hmm. Props to them, without a doubt.
1: When the where, uh, where are the when the playoffs happening? They got a playoffs right postseason end of it? the year in Vegas yes. in, in Vegas. Vegas. That's right. And I remember the uh,
0: the the gamblers have called this their redemption year because they won the league last year in the regular season, then lost when they got to yeah. got to Vegas. They he was, couldn't finish the deal. He was
1: yeah. He, he, JJ was he wasn't happy about that. when no. he talked about it. he was mm-hmm. <laughs> basically they were kind of a disappointment. Oh uh, man, because it, yeah, big letdown. They,
0: they said it's fueled their entire offseason. I remember love they, it. They took their riders to Brazil for training camp to, you know, mm-hmm. that's where Jose Vitor Leme's from and a couple of other riders. And we've learned that about the uh, the bull riding that, you know, half of the best riders in the world come from Brazil. Hmm. Uh, soccer yeah. is obviously the sport you think of when you think of Brazil. You're right. But the bull riding has become huge out of that great country. And um, so, yeah, they did that for team building. Getting and bigger
1: here, too, brother. Getting getting,
0: it is. It was huge. Man, I I, I wasn't surprised, but, but I was a little bit missed how large and passionate the crowds were, you know, all weekend long out there. That was awesome to see people coming from all over that uh, wanted to watch mm-hmm. the high adrenaline of bull riding. Uh, so bullish on the Austin Gamblers. Bullish on that uh, growing group. Not bullish, Rod on Austin FC, who lost their sixth straight match last night, fourth straight in the MLS. They have uh, gone almost 50 days without winning a match. And This, this is like,
1: this is like that, that streak of hundred uh, of triple-digit days, uh, right? Triple-digit days we yeah. had here in Texas. Well, that's about Just, how
0: long it's been since they won a match. Exactly.
1: It'll stop keeping track of it. It's depressing after so long. Well,
0: are you <laughs> bullish or BS on the fact that it coincides with the hiring of their new sporting director, Rodolfo Burrell? Not that he's the reason, but it seems like since he's gotten there, you know, behind the scenes, something has happened. There's been a shake-up. There's been change of operating procedure or something. Cause the they, culture. Because actually when he the was culture. hired, they were actually playing pretty good soccer mm-hmm. for about a month leading up to that. And, you know, they had to hire someone to replace Claudio Reyna. I get that. But uh, just it's been terrible uh, since they, they made that move. And as you said, he was very candid of his assessment of the roster when he got here.
1: Yeah, And it did. wasn't positive. Yeah, people did not like that, <laughs> basically. He said the success last season was, and that was an anomaly that that was an outlier, that to quit bringing, quit referencing that success in regards to this season because they are a different team. And, the you know, the Austin FC fans did not like to hear that.
0: Um, um, so yeah, Truth I, hurts sometimes. It does. It, it hurts. It does. hurt. Well, and as I said earlier, the team and the club is playing up to his low expectations of them. <laughs> They're not playing well. Uh, what do you have in bullish or BS, Rod? Deion
1: Sanders recently told ESPN um, that basically he's not, he's not into the word, he's not into culture. He says, quote, I'm not welcoming to that word culture. That's all I heard when I was in Jackson. Culture, 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 culture. Now culture, culture. What the heck does that mean? I don't think you got to have unity whatsoever. You got to have good players. I don't care about culture. I don't care. I don't care if they like each other, man. I want to win I've been on some teams where the quarterback didn't like the receiver, but they darn sure made harmony when the ball was snapped. B.S. or bullish, bullish or B.S., Deion Sanders basically saying he doesn't care about culture. Overrated.
0: B.S. I say BS, but at the same time, I do think the, the word culture gets thrown around a lot.
1: It gets overused. I was once told by Mike Shanahan also that culture to him also is a bit overrated because he said he was a different take on it than Dion. He said you just hire the right people. If you hire the right people, good people then the culture will just take care of itself. Like the culture, it or, it organically comes together. If you're hiring good people, the right people for the right reasons. He said, so that's what he focused on, more about getting the right people together, uh, people that were compatible, different, you know, mindsets, relationships, skill sets, that kind of thing. And then the culture would take care of itself. You could, you have to tweak it, but to focus solely on it, that
0: is yeah know, that
1: may be i'm well, with you like that may be a little overrated
0: well you can say the word culture but you have to have a plan to get to that culture right yes. you have to have an activated plan that creates the culture that you're seeking you can't just say culture you people know? love to say it You can't just say it you, i mean you can't just say you know whatever i'm, I'm gonna lose I, I weigh 300 i want to be 200 well what's the plan to get there mm-hmm. what's the active active activatable plan yep. step by step day by day to get there if you start with the with the the weight loss goal you need to start with the plan, and then you'll get to that goal eventually. That's true. Uh, all right, so uh, I want to play this for you. you got to play Nick Saban and Bullish or BS. Nick Saban, you'll Let's hear the it. question and his answer to it, and then I have a question for you. What a better combination.